New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Pretty much, I preached the message for today. Um, the message for today is God is a promise keeper. How about that? You know, um, God is good. So we just want to thank God for all the good stuff he's doing. Let us stand and get ready to get right into the message. But just want to remind you that the beginning of the year, which will be the 2nd of January, we always do our fast. We fast for 21 days during that time. And so, again, we don't make it a law. We don't put you under no pressure. And there's many things you can fast from. Um, you can fast from from your cell phone, from TV, a lot of things you can fast from, you know, a lot of people look at it for food, but, you know, just self-discipline or whatever, you know, to exercise and do whatever other things you need to do. But just want to let you know, um, we plan to do that on the start on the 2nd of, uh, of January, and we're not going to keep tabs on you. In other words, say uh, every week what you're doing, how you're doing, and whatever you do is always between you and God. Um, and New Hope Outreach Ministries, we don't want to put you under no law and make you or force you to do anything. We want you to do what you do because you love Jesus. Amen? And, and have a relationship with him. That's what it's all about. And so by the grace of God. So when you ask to do something, if you do it, fine. If you don't do it, Pastor John is not going to get upset. We're still going to love you. Amen? Because whatever you do, you do it unto God, not unto me. Amen? So I just want to make an announcement about that and, and also let you know that we do plan to have a service on Christmas Day for those who are wondering and thinking about it. And again, if you want to be here, you can come. If you're not, then we just pray for you and, and bless you to be with your family wherever, by the grace of God. But we will be here at um, 10 o'clock on the 25th of, uh, of December. Amen. So those are two special announcements we want to bring your attention. You got your Bibles this morning. Turn to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. God is a promise keeper. And the most important thing is just you got to remember, um, we've been around so many people involved in so many things in life, etc. And a lot of people have told you stuff and they reneged or lied to you per se, to be honest about it. They didn't hold truth in the word. But when it comes to God, God is not a man that he will lie, but he's always going to tell you the truth. And when he tells you something, it's coming to pass. Now, a lot of times people believe in God's word and stuff like this. They say, well, God said this and God said that. And then they don't do what God said do. That don't mean that God have lied. That means they, they have lied about what God told them to do. Because when God tells you to do something, it is up to you to do it by the grace of God. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse, um, verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. I'm reading from the New Living Translation um, for those who um, also is on overhead. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted to keep his promise. He's a promise keeper. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for teaching us and bringing things to our remembrance this morning and realize that we, without you, we can't do anything. 
and realizing that your word will not return unto your void, but will accomplish and prosper in the place in whereto you send it. And we pray now, Father, as we speak your word today, your word will become alive to us. And I pray that the eyes of our understanding would we will be enlightened by your word in Jesus' name. And we thank you for what you're going to do and what you're going to say. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated. God is a promise keeper. And that's the one thing about why it's important, really, to have God's word and believe God's word because God keeps his word. Also, in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, in the easy-to-read version, it says this, God is not a man, he will not lie. God is not a human being, his decision will not change. If he say he would do something, then he would do it. If he make a promise, then he would do what he promised by the grace of God. So if you're standing on a promise, and many people, just like Daphne said a minute ago, a, few while, a while ago in the, um, in the praise and worship, many of us have had words and, and promises have been made to us about things, been prophesied to about various things or whatever. And many people, as they, they, you know, look at those things and where, why has those things are not happening yet? They haven't come to pass yet, but they will come to pass. And I want to just, just reiterate this morning to you, God, when he make a promise to you, don't put no timetable upon it. Because it's going to come to pass. It's just not a matter how, it's just a matter what? When. It's just a matter when it's going to come to pass. If God spoke it, and God is not lying, if, if God spoke it, if God said it, and didn't come to pass, it wasn't God. It was not God. So God always do what he say he's going to do. And when he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it by the grace of God. Then you look in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 4 and verse 21. In the Amplified Version, it says this, being fully convinced that God had the power to do what he promised. Now, he is speaking, to, uh, speaking about Abraham. He said he had the power, speaking about Abraham. But in the present tense, he has the power now to be able to do what he promised you that he's going to do. If, he, if you read his word and, and that word resonated with you and the promise or whatever, guess what? God would do it by the grace of God. There's no limitation upon what God can do. And what has happened over years, people have placed limits on what God can do and what he will do. And based upon, and they've done that, the reason they've done that is because of their own understanding. The limitation they have placed upon themselves. And many times we try to put God in a box to make God like we are. But God is not like you. The scripture says in the book of Numbers, he said what? He said God is not a man that he, that he will not lie. He is not a human being that being his decision will not change. So many times if we are a liar, if we are a cheater, if we do things or whatever, when we say things and we don't do it, we have a tendency to think God is the same way and that's not true. What God said, he'll do what he says he's going to do. 
And many times people try to bring God into their own world to make God look like they look. But God is always bigger. He's always much greater. And many times when you say something, you want to do what you say you're going to do. And if God said it, it's going to come to pass. And I said a minute ago, it's just not a matter how, it's just a matter when. What is a promise? A promise is a statement that person makes that they guarantee you they stand on that statement regardless of what happened. They will not renege on it. It's not going to change. In other words, they guarantee you what they say they will do. And this is when it comes to God. And, and the Bible said we are created. Wow. How we're created. We are created in the image of God when we say something. We can do the same thing that God do. When we make a statement by the grace of God, it can come to pass. If we make a statement and believe it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. It's almost like we're being in covenant with God. We don't realize how great and how wonderful it is to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. People blow the relationship off with Jesus Christ like, it's like having a relationship with another person. It don't mean nothing. Yes, it does mean something to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It does mean something. And when you're in a relationship with him and understand that relationship and know what that relationship is all about, you have a tendency to have more respect for that relationship. And especially when that person's in love with you and you're in love with that person, you're not going to treat that person any type of way. And when they say something to you, guess what? You're going to respect what they have to say. And that's the same thing with God. Too many people over the years have looked at God and downplayed what he has said to us. Well, you know, it don't mean anything. Well, it ain't came to pass yet. It's not going to work. Even though the song says a way maker, even though we don't see God's working, guess what? He's working. He's working in the background. And I'm telling you right now, God is a good God. And what prevents God's promises from not coming to pass? What prevents his promises from not coming to pass in your life? Many times we give up and quit. Because we said, just like when we go to that microwave, we put, put five minutes on there and we expect the water to be hot. Well, we say, okay, God, if you don't do it by Friday, it's not going to happen. We don't put God in a box and put timetables on God. And many times, if it don't happen when we think it should happen, people have a tendency to get worried, give up, and quit. And then when they, start, when they quit, guess what they start doing? They start speaking negative things, start talking negative, start doubting and whatever. That's what the enemy wants you to do. When you get a promise, when you get a word of God from God, you embrace that word. You write it down. You put it somewhere, and every day you get a chance, you go back and visit that word. Because I'm telling you just today, the show is a day at the 11th of December. It's coming to pass if God said it. It's coming to pass. But many times people give up and they quit before God get a chance to do it. Just like Abraham. Why did it take Abraham 25 years? We got people fail to remember Abraham grew up in, in an idol country where the idol worship. And God had to work in his heart. And many times before certain things come to pass in our life, 
God got to work in our hearts. Many times, you know, like say, for a good example, there are many who want to get married, but they're not ready for marriage. They say, God, I want this husband, I want this wife, I want them now. But before they can give, before they receive this husband, receive this wife, God got to work in your heart to give you, to make sure that you're ready for this person. Why? Because James says this, all good and perfect gifts come from God. God is not going to give you anything that's going to be a counterfeit. So if he gives you something, he's going to give you something that will be very good. It's going to be a benefit to you. It's going to be a blessing to you. And therefore, he's not going to give you something that you're going to just run over. If you have no regard for it, if you have no respect for it, guess what? When you get it, you're going to mess it up. Look at how many kids like on Christmas Day kids. They got all these gifts. They love them. They play with them. Two or three days from now, they, they, many times they take those toys and tear them apart. Throw them away. Guess what? Because many times they don't, they don't understand the value of what they got. They don't understand the sacrifice mom and dad went through to get them that item. And many times when, when God, before God gives us something, guess what? He wants us to appreciate it. He conditioned our hearts and repair our hearts. And so after 25 years of God working in Abraham's heart, he's now ready to receive the promise that God had for him by the grace of God. And just like you and I, many times we have asked God for different things, and guess what? It didn't happen. But guess what? But when it did happen, we were ready for it. We were ready to receive it. And that's the good thing about God. And when you take a stand on a promise or whatever, God, you want to be absolutely sure that you stand on God's promise. You can't be wavering about it, and you can't let people talk you out of it. Had a situation this week, um, had a doctor's appointment and uh, with one of the doctors, and um, they was talking to me about some things, and they said that um, they were saying about chemotherapy. They said, well, chemo, once you get off of it, the disease have a tendency to just overtake you. And, and I told them, my point is this, the point I'm making is, you got to be able to take a stand. Listen to me, listen to me. You got to know in your heart what you're standing on and what you stand for. You need a word that you're standing on. You just can't stand on just anything, just they said or he said, whatever. You got to be able to know God's word that you're standing on. So when they made that statement to me, it was like something rose up inside of me and said, no, this is not right. And immediately, you know how John Henderson is? John Henderson took over. And I had to explain some things to him. I said, let me tell you something. I have no doubt in my mind. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank God for what you're doing. Honor you for what you're doing. But I give all the glory and all the praise to God Almighty. Because of what the Lord doeth, it is forever. And I believe if I do get off of whatever situation may be, guess what? All is well because God said all is well. 
Now, that is not talking about fact. That is not talking about fiction. That is fact. It's a fact. By his stripes, you're healed. He was wounded for your transgression. The chastisement of his peace was upon him. And by his stripes, you are healed, according to Isaiah 53, 5. That's not, that's not a good saying. That's a fact. And see, when you're doing things, when people are talking to you, even friends, the devil is really slick. He's very clever. When you're trying to believe for something, he'll send people in your life to try to get you to negate what you're believing for, to talk again. Well, you know, it ain't came to pass yet. It ain't going to happen. You know they're all right. Don't get me wrong. I know they're right. Based upon, like I shared with her, I said, based upon your profession and based upon what you've been taught, you are absolutely correct. But, but, God said this. If we take a stand for him, we stand on his word, guess what? When we step out, God will step out. And this is what God is wanting you to do now as a believer. Stop believing everything you hear. Start believing God for what he say. Stand on his word because when the end of the day comes, guess what? What he say, it's going to come to pass. It does not matter what they say. Because God is the last one that has the last say so in the situation. And many times we believe what other people say. Don't get me wrong, we, I respect professions. Respect lawyers and doctors and all that good stuff. But guess what? God's word trumps what they have to say. And that's why it's good to get God's word in your heart so when you hear things, when you come in contact with things, guess what? You won't be sitting there worrying about, well, what they say. Because I'm telling you, if you hear negative stuff, the devil going to play it in your head like a record. And every chance he get around, he get to, he get to it, he going to remind you what they said. And you need to be reminded of what God said versus what they say. Because what they say, it don't matter. And just like Daphne said earlier in the psalm, there's no other name upon, upon the heavens named that higher than the name of Jesus. Everything got to bend and bow to Jesus. And we got to get to that point where we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed to stand up and take a stand for God anymore. And let the, instead of letting the devil just tell us that, well, you know, this is that and whatever, stuff like that, you got a right, you got authority over a situation. You got authority over sickness. You got authority over the devil. You got authority over a situation that happened in your life. You don't have to take this stuff. Just because it happened in the family, you don't have to let it happen to you by the grace of God. And many times people do that because for the simple fact, they don't know God's promises. That's why the devil don't want you. That's why when you get ready to read this word, if you haven't noticed, you can do anything in the house, anything in your house, but don't pick up that Bible. You pick up that Bible, all of a sudden sleep falls upon you. The phone starts ringing. All types of distractions start coming up. You start wanting to do stuff you haven't done in 10 years. All of a sudden it becomes a priority now. Why? It's a distraction to keep you 
from being able to get that word into your heart. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against you, God. Because it's the word. It's the word that changes you. It's the word that gives you power. When the word was created, God didn't speak just anything. He spoke the word. He spoke what he wanted. When trouble is going on in the house, don't, don't be like a fool and start cussing and, and falling and doing what everybody else is doing. You stand there, you say, I take authority over this foolishness right now. I'm in peace up in this joint. Devil, you got to go. But if you don't know that, you let the devil beat your kids, tear your furniture up, make you start cussing, burn your food up, go out there and run up your credit card, and all types of crazy stuff. That's what he wants you to do. But when you know your thoughts, when you know the words, say, oh, no. This house is the house of God. I don't know what you're going to do, but guess what? I bind you, devil. And the most important thing is, can't nobody make you mad if you don't let them make you mad. You control your own anger. You control yourself. They can say what they want to say. You don't have to respond to it. When you know better, you can do better. But when you don't know any better, you act like they act. Somebody got to be the adult in the situation. And you'll find out when you take charge of the situation, guess what? You'll find out there's more peace in the house. The devil won't come in there and cut up and clown like he used to. Because you know for a fact, guess what? They know you're going to put him out. But guess what? When you don't do that, he will say things and do things to you. And you think that's the way it is. And that's the way a lot of people think today. That's the way it is. That's the way it is for them because that's the way they think it is. But it can change by the grace of God. Second Corinthians, Chronicles, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter one and verse twenty says this: For all the promises of God, are yea, in Him and Amen unto the glory of God. In other words, all of God's promises are absolutely sure. They're guaranteed. First, the second Corinthians chapter one and verse 20. You can guarantee you, you can stand on them. You can bank on them. See, it's more to going to church and just punching your ticket. And many people on Sunday morning, unfortunately, that's what they do. They come to church and just punch the ticket. Because going through the motion is not going to help you. What you put in your heart is what's going to help you. His word. Because when the word is preached, that's a seed being taught. And when that, salt, when that seed gets into your heart, it can take root, it can grow, it can develop and become something. That's what changes you by the grace of God. Look at Paul. How Paul changed. It was the word of God that changed him. Look how you change. It's the word of God. The word of God can cause you to give up drinking. It can cause you to stop smoking. It can cause you to stop living like a fool and start living for righteousness. It can cause you to live for a cause besides yourself. That's what the word do. It'll change you. If you was the person that cussed all the time, 
you'd be saying, instead of saying, instead of cursing, you'd be saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Because the word can change you. This is the power of God's word. And when you get that word inside of you, it changes your life. It changes you. And you got people been in church for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And they have never changed since the day they got in church. Because they're sitting in church with a raincoat on. The word is going out, but guess what? It's not penetrating. You got, to, you, you got to want it. You got to want it. And once you accept it, it will work if you allow God's word, word to work. You, you, might, you might be able to ask the question, why God promises a yes? Why is his promise a yes? Guess what? Is he willing to heal? Yes. Is he willing to meet your need? Yes. Is he willing to come to your aid when times are trouble? Yes. That's why all the promises of God are yes and amen in him. If you get the promise of God spoken it, it's going to come to pass. That's why it's always important to make sure that when you're standing, you're standing on God's word. Get your word. Get your scripture. Find your scripture and stand on it. And all the people, people say, well, how in the world do you find scripture? You can get your concordance. Go to Bible study. Find you someone to know the word that can help you with the word, to teach you the word. And once you get it, I'm telling you, it changes your life by the grace of God. And how we activate God's promises in our life? How we activate it? We're convinced. You got to be convinced that it'll work. And many people don't believe it'll, it'll work. They believe it'll work for, for others, but they don't believe it'll work for them. They're like prayer. People can pray for other people to be healed, but when they get into a situation, they don't believe that God can heal them. They struggle with that. And many people do that. But what you got to do is you got to get in God's word and persuade your heart and get out of that, that, that thought of doubt. Get rid of that doubt that's there. If it'll work for others, it'll work for you. But the problem is that the reason why it's not working for you, you just don't believe it. And what you have to do is start confessing God's word. Say, Father, I believe your word not only works for others, but your word will work for me too. You just begin to confess that. Every time you get into a situation where you just don't believe it's going to work, start having these feelings. Because the enemy is going to bring the thoughts to you. When the thoughts come, you got to be able to counter those thoughts. And especially when you get into a crisis situation, a sick situation where it requires a, a medical attention. That's when the enemy really have field day with people. Because the first thing he started telling them, you're going to die. And then if you have no way of counter, counteracting that word or being able to fight against that word, guess what? The thought's going to come that you're going to die. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs says this, so as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And here you are lying in that bed, these thoughts running through your mind. You have no word in you. That's why you need the word. See, when the word comes in, it flushes out all the other stuff. 
It's just like, for a good example, by the grace of God, what's in you going to come out of you? If there's nothing in you, guess what? There's nothing going to come out of you. Just like I got this, this lemon here. When you're under pressure, when I put this lemon under pressure, grape juice is not coming out of this lemon. Are you with me? Orange juice is not coming out of this lemon. Pepsi-Cola or Coca-Cola is not coming out of this lemon. What's coming out of this lemon is what's what? What's in this lemon. Same thing with you. When you get under pressure, what's going to come out of you? If you are just overwhelmed with fear and doubt, guess what's going to come out? Fear and doubt. Because you have no faith. You have no word. You haven't planted any word inside of you. So now, you, now you're at the mercy of the devil, unfortunately, because he's going to torment you until you do die, if you don't get, to, if you don't pray and ask God to really to be able to deliver you from from all those negative thoughts, that's why it's important. You can't get ready. You got to be ready. That's why you want to get it in your heart now. So when you get under pressure, guess what? It'll come out of you. So when you get mad, if you're full of anger and all that good stuff. All these negative words come out of you. What's going to come out of you? Negative words. But if you get the right things in you, the right things can come out of you by the grace of God. And many times, people don't have the right things in them, and they wonder why the wrong things are coming out of you. When you get good stuff in, good stuff come out by the grace of God. And many times, and the only time God will not honor his word, if he know that word could be detrimental to you, or he know for a fact that what's going, what you're asking for is not going to be beneficial to you. If he knows you're not ready for it, you're not going to get it until you're ready for it. Just like some people, you know, they see something someone else has. And they start praying to God to, to tell God to tell that person to give it to them. Don't cover the other people's stuff. God got enough for all of us. He can give you his, he can give you what he wants you to have. You don't have to have the leftovers. You can get stuff fresh from him by the grace of God. So only time the words will be, well, well one time God will not honor his word when he knows for a fact. You're not ready for it yet. If you're not ready for it, and he knows for a fact that what you're asking him for is going to be detrimental to you, it's not going to be good for you and good to you, you're not going to get it. But the devil will tell you, say, that's what God wants you, want you to have. Jessica Brand, like money. Everybody wants money. Who don't want money? But if, if if, if God blessed men of with money, what do you think we'll do? We'll blow it, get on the love boat, go to Las Vegas, 
party it up, enjoy life. Be like the young, be like the, um, be like the the young son over there in the book of Luke, the prodigal son. Enjoy life. And he know that. And he understands that. But he gives us what we need. According to the book of uh, book of Philippians, he said, "My God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory." Romans chapter 10 and verse 11. The scriptures say no man who believes in God and hears to rely on or trust in him will ever be ashamed or disappointed. So when you stand on God, stand on God's word, guess what? You'll never be embarrassed. You may be embarrassed in front of people. They may think you trying to embarrass you about it, but God will never embarrass you. When you're standing on what God promises, not standing on what you feel or what you think. If you stand on God's promises, guess what? You don't have to worry about it. And God tell you that today, tomorrow, this is the new, your new address going to be this. Tomorrow, guess what? You're going to have a new address. But if you feel that God's going to give you a new address. You think that God's going to give you a new address. You may wake up Monday morning with no new address. Because you're not ready for it. God is good. Amen? God is always good. And he wants to continue to do great things for us and will continue to do great things for us. Jesus said in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 9, in verse 23, he said unto them, he said, if thou canest believe, look at your neighbors, if I can believe, and trust God's promises, things will change and things will happen. He said, if thou canest believe, all things are possible to who? To him that believeth. How do we get God's promise to the work? How do we get God's promise to work? I'm sure I usually share three things today. I'm going to share five things with you. That's okay. We're going to go through them pretty fast. Are you ready? Number one, how we get, we're talking about how we get God's promises, we implement God's promises into our life and get them to work. Because like I said, we don't want you to go away with just hooping and hollering. And some he said, we want you to get some word. If you're taking notes, here it go. Number one, if you abide in him, And the scripture goes along with that fifth John 15, 7. That's what the scripture said. He said, join together with me and follow my teaching. If you do this, you can ask anything you want and what? It'll be given you. Amen? Now that's a what? That's a promise. But uh, with that promise, there's also a condition. A condition is what? Abide in him. That's a condition there. Number two, have confidence in him. Have confidence in him. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his word or his will, he what? He would do it and he hears us. 
You got to have confidence in it. If you don't believe in God's word, you have no confidence it's going to work, guess what? It probably won't work for you. But if you got confidence in it and you believe in it, it'll work every time. It'll work regardless whether you believe it or not. It'll work. It's just not working for you. But we want to have that confidence in God's word that when we pray and talk to him and stand on his word, things will happen. Number three, have faith in God. You have to have faith. And remember the Bible tells us in the book of Romans how faith cometh. But the scripture we use in today is going to be um, Hebrews 11 and 6. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he, who, for he that comes to God must believe what? That he is. That who he is what? He's God. And not only he's God, but he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. That should be enough right there to really encourage you to really to go after God. He rewards you. The devil rewards you too. With more trouble, more heartaches, more disappointment. We don't want those type of rewards. We want the rewards that come from God. Amen. He is a rewarder. Not everybody, according to he um, in the book of King James, He's a water of them that diligently seek him. Well, you know, I just, you know, I, I wait until Sunday morning, then when I down get on fire for God. I pick up my Bible and I start reading on Saturday night, get ready for Sunday morning. No, diligently seek him. Spending time with him, walking with him, talking with him. When you're riding down the road in your car, when you're out there in all this traffic in Huntsville, it's time to pray. Still getting road rage and ready to tar up plant things and everybody else going crazy, giving you fingers and all this stuff. Using high. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry you feel that way, but your situation not going to change until the traffic moves. So enjoy. Bring you some along so you can enjoy the trip. Instead of getting all angry and getting all upset, doing things. Number three. Number four. By not getting tired. We get tired waiting. Devil wear you out waiting. Well, he said he's going to do it. It ain't came to pass yet. You've been waiting for 10 years. Ain't seen no evidence of it yet. Is it coming to pass? If he said he'd come to pass, that's what he said. The word getting tired in the book of, uh, in the book of um, Galatians talks about getting fatigued, sleepy, or drowsy. You know how we get, when we get sleepy and drowsy and fatigued, we don't want to be bothered. The devil said you might well come up with a plan B because plan A ain't working. If he ain't came through yet, he's not going to come through. That's not true. Don't believe that lie. If you're standing on the promises, guess what? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Get ready. 
Get ready. Last one. Number five. Have patience. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Patience. Have patience. Romans 15, 4. All the things that were written for our, for our encouragement. Patient and encouragement that the scripture give us. Patient and encouragement that the scripture give us. You get encouragement. And the scripture give you hope because you read how God has blessed others. And if God is no respect, uh, respect the person to others, then God would do the same thing for you. Patience. And if we can have a little patience, just wait a little bit. Because, you know, like the microwave, if it's not instant, then it's not God. Name it, claim it, have it, and grab it. You better know what you're having, claiming, you better know what you're going to have, and you better make sure you know what you're grabbing. Everything don't, everything don't come at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. A mailman always deliver every day at the same time. Not at my address, he don't. Hello? But he's coming. You know, for a fact, if it's not a holiday, guess what? You can bank on it. He's coming. Same thing with God. But see, with God, he don't have holidays. There's no holidays when it comes to God. There's no respect for him. And that's why God is a promise keeper by the grace of God. He's not going to tell you something that he's not going to make good. And you heard me say this and I say it again. If you're dealing with stuff that you wasn't born with it, you don't have to live with it. Regardless of what the doctors say. Now, I'm not telling you to get off your medicine. I'm not telling you to do that. But if you get enough faith and get enough trust in God, I believe God will deliver you from it. Don't go, don't go tell your lawyers that he said for me to get off my blood pressure medicine, God forbid, you have a medical emergency. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you this. If you believe God and trust God, he can help you, and he will, and he can deliver you from any medication by the grace of God. That's why it's important to stand on God's word. As the song said that songwriter sang many, a little while ago, I'm getting ready to close. He's a way maker. We don't realize well, I've said most people don't realize how much God really wants to bless them and how much he really wants to do for us as a person. But it comes through his word, knowing his word and understanding his word and getting an understanding of his word. That changes your whole perspective of life. This gives you hope when there is no hope. This will give you life 
because it is the book of life. If you ever have a problem and you study this Bible, God got an answer for you. Then if you're smart enough and trust God enough and believe what he said, he will change that situation for you. Why? Because he's a promise keeper. He don't lie. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. And while you're sitting there this morning, if you've, if some things have happened to you in the past and it has not come to pass and you know, listen to me, and you know God spoke that word to you that has come to pass and it has laid dormant inside you, stir up yourself right now. Bring that thought to pass. And God, I'm making alive that promise right now. I call forth that promise that you given me, gave me years ago, months ago, weeks ago. I'm standing on that promise right today. And I refuse to give up on that promise that you spoke to me about. I'm trusting you for it. And I know because you are a promise keeper. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for what you've shared with us and what you've said to us. And we realize, God, without you, we can do nothing. And we pray, God, you go with us and before us now as we continue to go about our separate ways and do the things you call us to do. And help us ever be reminded, Father, that you are always and will always be a promise keeper. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.